We are back for another edition, episode number four, season two of the Rough Draft podcast. Matt Giannettino here in New York with Kenny Rotuno and Andy Prowls in Massachusetts. What's going on, boss? How are you? How the hell are we? Wow, got some musical tunes over there, getting ready to rock. Breaking news this week, Adam Schefter and some sources have confirmed that Andy is going to be in New York for the draft uh, yeah. in the green room. Tough to actually believe right now, yeah, we'll but see. we'll be all if, right. If our sources can confirm, maybe some fettuccine can close the deal or some godforsaken foods. Who knows? We'll see. But yeah, that was a notification. I think uh, I think the deal is getting signed. It'll be in New York. It'll be a grand old time. Yeah. And uh, that's the rumor. That's that is the rumor that speaking of rumors, there's been a lot of rumors as we've spoken about, about maybe Odell Beckham getting traded to the Rams. But that was taken care of by your New England Patriots trading Brandon Cooks to the L.A. Rams. Uh, pretty good deal for the Patriots. What do you think, Andy? Yeah, definitely a good return, more than we got back last year. He's in the last year of his deal. While he's a good wideout, I don't think he's a true number one. Kind of struggles to separate from man, but he'll stretch the field for the Rams. I personally think they overpaid big time. You could have drafted Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore with that pick, had five years of cost control, but I'll gladly take a mid-first-round pick for a player that we can replace with Hogan, Mitchell, Edelman, now Jordan Matthews got signed a couple hours ago. So right, and, and that's, that's I think, uh, the greatest thing about what the Pats do is they can get rid of a guy like Brandon Cooks, no problem, and kind of just get a replacement and, and really transition with no problem. So, um, yeah, that's a great move for them. And speaking of wide receivers, perfect transition for us all, uh, our top five receivers in this draft. And later on after our top five, we're going to also cover uh, the Giants, Jets, and Patriots uh, mock drafts, um, maybe as well as uh, some scheme fits for the guys that we have in our top five. So um, we will uh, we'll kick it off. We'll go five to one as as usual. Are we gonna rope bounce and off we'll, five five yeah, five we'll, like that we'll again? Rotate. I think uh, Kenny, you went last time. I hope so. So Andy, why don't you start it off? Sounds good to me. So uh, fifth receiver right now. I currently have a tie. It's kind of a cop but one guy, obviously, Michael Gallup out of uh, Colorado State. Just a very uh, solid outside number two kind of receiver. Less explosive, Michael Thomas. Not a lot to his game to talk about, really. Just I think it'll be a good intermediate option next level. Not really number one. There's not really number one in this class, but I like him. And then, obviously, tied alongside him would be Antonio Callaway. He's dinged here mostly just because his myriad of issues. You know, he did credit card theft. Like he, he didn't play last year, but on the field, I think he, he separates the best of any receiver in this draft. Reminds me kind of a Dion Branch, just a really good wide out. I would take him in the third round. He's worth a gamble. So yeah, he'll be on the Raiders um, because of his off-the-field stuff. I Interesting you said that uh, Callaway is one of those guys that I think could almost be a day one, early day two guy, but with all with all his off-the-field right. problems, he uh, he's going to really kind of screw himself and uh, – Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I don't think he'll go undrafted, obviously, but I w- it wouldn't surprise me. Almost like a Lyle Collins kind of deal, um, what happened yeah. with him, and we see it every year. Um, I'm kind of waiting, actually, for that the news to break about a prospect coming up soon that, you know, he either – Laramie Tunsil. Or, you know, yeah, Laramie Tunsil, gas mask. Something's going to happen. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> um, so that'll be exciting uh, to break on the podcast. Uh, for me, I also have a tie. Um I have um, Michael Gallup as well and James Washington. Um, Michael Gallup, I have him comped 
to um, Ruben Randall, who actually played for the Giants for a couple of years. Um, like you said, Andy, he's not the flashiest guy, but he, he'll be a possessions receiver. Um, he'll kind of, uh, you know, he kind of do it all. He, he's pretty good at getting going up, getting the ball. He doesn't have crazy breakaway speed. He kind of just gets it done. I think he'd be a really good compliment um, receiver. Um, like you said, even even with a guy, I could see him in like a New Orleans system with like Drew Brees across from Michael Thomas. Uh, give them a really good solid number two. I know he's a guy you comp him to. And then tied for fifth, like I said, is um, is uh, Washington James Washington from uh, Oklahoma State. Um, he kind of doesn't get a lot of credit. I think he's one of those guys that people kind of just destroy from over analysis. I mean, he's the Blitnikoff Award winner. Uh, I think he's a uh, you know, you look at like Brandon Cooks, obviously, Corey Coleman, guys that come from that kind of system. He's obviously not as fast, but um, you know, his speed is, is a big concern. But I, I like the way he, you know, I like the way he plays the game, honestly. I think he can transition pretty well and I think he'll be okay. A team maybe like the Miami Dolphins who want to replace Jarvis Landry. Um, I know they went out and they signed uh Albert uh Albert Wilson from the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, but and of course they brought over Amendola, but I could still see uh, that type of receiver in their offense. Um, day two guy um, for me, and I think he'd be a solid pickup. So, okay, I'll, I'll follow with the uh, the whole tie trend here at number five. Uh, I'll start obviously uh, since we all kind of agree here. I also have Gallup as one of my one of my guys tied for fifth. Uh, you guys kind of kind of hit most of the points with him. I just I know he's had a lot of time in that high volume passing game that uh Colorado State had and I I don't know I loved watching them they were able to just throw it downfield and he kind of was kind of every level he was able to make a difference which was a reason that I really liked him he made big plays and it might not have seemed might not have been like flashy like you said but big plays for them constantly time and time yeah. again so I, I really enjoyed watching my and I think he's going to be able to adjust well uh to the NFL uh style and then I'm actually going to contradict Matt a little bit here. My uh, my other tie, I'm going across from Washington. I'm going Marcel Aitman. I, I think he's actually more talented than Washington is. And, all right, that's fine. How take of the podcast, I guess. I I personally, I don't know. I think I really think he is. I I know I'm not alone. You may say it's a take. I know I'm not alone here. But he's everyone had was focused on Washington, and this he quietly put together a, a, a great season. I know it's in a passing game that always is going to put up stats. So it's kind of tough to translate those stats to say like a, a Ridley or someone like that, who is in a run first offense, especially with the running back at quarterback, but definitely someone that, I don't know. I think he's going to surprise some people. And I think his, his upside at that, at that size is, is in this NFL, he's going to have give have a good shot at, I don't know, making a team, making a difference right away. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, one one key analytic thing I will say about Aitman, which is interesting, the vast majority of the third down targets all went to Aitman instead That's of Washington. So that kind of shows, like, when the going gets tough, where they went. Well, exactly. I think also, too, like, I think Aitman is a bigger receiver. He definitely is. So I think that, that definitely plays into the cards uh, for Mason Rudolph there at Oklahoma. So – um, they know what they were going to use James Washington for more to stretch the field yep. uh, over the middle, more of a shifty guy where Aitman is that bigger body, go up and get it. Um, especially a red zone threat. And now you see in the NFL, 
even uh, like a, a lower name guy like my Brandon Coleman who played for the Saints. He's a bigger guy. Um, you know, you kind of see it every year. You know, teams get guys like a Brandon Marshall on the Giants, or you know, yep. red zone guys are are, are bigger. Definitely. Um, yeah, my, for that reason, my only thing is with that with the third down point that that Andy made. That kind of was part of the reason I really loved him. It just it shows the trust. Right. That the quarterback had in him and, and Rudolph, that Rudolph had in him. And you look at, like, the Patriots, I love as an example. They're a third-down guy a lot of times. You saw, like, Amendola had a lot of third-down catches. Edel- in the playoffs. Edelman, when he's in the game. That's my point. Edelman in the game, it's it not isn't necessarily always the big target. Mm-hmm. It's the guy that the quarterback trusts the most to keep the drive going. And sure. that's that speaks volumes for me, and that's why I think Aitman was such a – I don't know. I like him. I like him better than Washington. Yeah. Put him in with Aaron Rodgers. He'll be uh, the guy there. So, So yeah. Number four receiver, uh, Anthony Anthony Miller out of Memphis. Uh, He's just a complete receiver, can really do it all. He's one of those like hybrid Z receivers, plays a lot in the slot, but can go outside. Great separation, enough speed, and then high points the ball, catching traffic. Just a great solid receiver. I think his floor kind of is a Nelson Aguilar type intermediate slot option then his upside would be kind of like Doug Baldwin if he really played to his potential I think he can fit in like nearly any offense and the only knock I have on him because he he's a, he's a great athlete uh elite production he played at Memphis wide open offense lower competition so that's why he's here as opposed to higher on the ranks yeah um I have another tie actually for number four believe it or not how many big, guys do you have in this top big t- ties, top five big ties well I'll tell and you why Top I 10? Have, uh, you want to go I, top 10? Uh, maybe. All right, let's, I think let's that see. would qualify as a top 10, a top <laughs> right. eight. Um, I have DJ Moore out of uh, Maryland, who I compared to Stefan Diggs. Uh, guy that goes over the middle, tough receiver. Um, it was funny. I was watching his tape, and I was looking at some comps, and then I was like, oh, wow, it looks just like Stefan Diggs. And then, of course, the comps compared him to that, not just because he goes to Maryland, but that's honestly who I thought I was watching. Um, when I was, you know, seeing him play. And then uh, another guy that – here's my hot take. Uh, you guys know my affinity for Dante Pettis. Um, I love Dante Pettis. I always did from Washington over the years with Browning over there. Uh, I think his game is, is really – will translate very, very well. Um, he brings a special teams component. will step on the field right away for a team uh, and, and definitely be productive. I, th- I just like the way he his stride is. Uh, I compare him to like a less quick Deshaun Jackson or a college version uh, of Odell Beckham with less uh, route running ability. Um, just the way he runs, his strides, the way he can catch the football, he go up and high point it. Um, definitely needs to work on his route running, but um, he has good control. Uh, I like him a lot, and I think he'll be a, a good NFL player. I think his game, like I said, translates pretty well. Yeah. So at number four, I'm gonna. Gonna follow in in the footsteps a little bit here. I think DJ Moore is now. I've had a tough time deciphering uh, where he exactly fit because they've been they were so decimated this year at quarterback. What did they go through? Four guys or something like that. It was ridiculous. So I felt I honestly just felt bad for the guy. They the team in general had no prayer once they lost their I'll say two quarterbacks and it kind of DJ Moore. It's it's kind of tough spot for him because by the time they got to number three, I'm not exaggerating. They, they were throwing balls 15 yards. It looked like they were going to like just die and not even make it. So I, I think his talent is able to show with a real quarterback, and I think that's why he kind of makes it into my top five. So Okay. All right. Andy, go ahead. Three. Yeah, then heading to receiver three, uh, DJ Moore. Yeah. Just pretty much 
the game on him, obviously, is high upside. He's young. He's he's what you're looking for, the athlete. I just think he's more raw than Anthony Miller. I have him above, obviously, because it just is athleticism and his youth. And obviously, as Ken pointed out, that his quarterback play was atrocious. You're, this is more upside play in the early second round for a team. And uh, his game is similar to Jeremy Macklin. I know a lot of people have said Steve Smith, but that's, I think that's an aggressive comp. Yeah, I see, I think, but it's, he won't be that good. That's yeah, that's a little too much for my uh, for my liking. But I definitely see a young Macklin when he can stretch the field as opposed to his more possession type of game now. I think that's a good fit for more. I don't think he can be a number one receiver, but like this draft pattern, a high-end number two, and if you have a good tight end or something, then a number one receiver. Yeah. Um, it's funny you brought up Steve Smith because my, num- my, my number three receiver – is a guy I comp to Steve Smith from Texas A&M, Christian Kirk. Um, can go over the middle. He's a big, tough, strong guy. Uh, again, I kind of compare a lot of guys to you know, a lot of the Giants players over the years um, just because of watching them. And definitely even just reminds me of Sterling Shepard. Um, like I said, Steve Smith, tough, fast, goes over the middle, can go over the top. Um, I really like his game. I think, uh, you know, you look at guys – in the league, you know, we talk about transitioning now just to that kind of receiver who can play the slot, go over the middle, take hits, um, you know, a la Danny Amendola, Julian Edelman, um, you know, tons of guys. Cooper Cup now with the the Rams over in L.A., so similar type player in that sense. Um, I like Christian Kirk because I, I think he's strong. He's stronger than a lot of, um, you know, he's not like that quick, shifty track uh, guy who's going to be inside. I think he has a lot more power to his game. Um, and I like his ability. Um, he had performed pretty well at his pro day. Uh, but then again, who really doesn't perform well at their pro day? So, um, but that, but anyway, regardless, and he has Johnny Manziel throwing him the football, so it doesn't get much better than that. Um, but yeah, Christian Kirk is my number three. So I'm going to, going to make a leap here. Uh, I know a lot of, obviously he's kind of the consensus consensus, uh, for the most part, number one, Calvin Johnson. I actually have Ridley here, Calvin Ridley at three. I don't know. Just seeing his his uh, his combine, I, I really wasn't impressed. It was what was that? His three cone or something? That was the three cone, and his his jumping was yeah. What, very his vertical. His vertical very was pedestrian. Thirty inches, maybe it was bad. Yeah, it was it was like atrocious. And I know he played in an offense where with like Jalen Hurts, where all right, he had a running back literally trying to throw him the ball. And it's not saying that he can't be obviously a freak. In this, we know obviously no Alabama receiver. Like receivers are that generally stand the test of time. But the biggest thing for me is he seems very thin and a little bit frail. I know it's he's he weighs in at what one ninety or something like that. But I I've heard he's more closer. He's closer to one eighty, where he's weighed weighed in in the one eighties consistently. And in the NFL, you you're kind of you might get broken if at six feet tall. You know it's not compact. Yeah. So that's something that I'm I'm a little worried about, and I think if he can he can prove that he's he's he can be more shifty, work on that three cone. And I, like if if your vertical and your three cone are both awful, like where do you fit in? Are you are you a a threat like on jump balls? No. Are you a threat? Come kind of making a a move across the middle? No. So it's like it's kind of tough for me, and I just see higher potential in my other two guys. So that's kind of why he fell to three for me. Okay. So then, yeah, my number two receiver a pattern here is uh, Calvin Ridley bouncing off again. The athleticism combine testing proved that he's more of a technician than a complete, like, number one wideout. But I I love his route running. I love his toughness. And 
the way he just turns out of cuts and after the yards have a catch, I really love his game. It's mostly that athleticism that's really killing me from, but I still have a number two receiver. I think he could be Crabtree at the next level. And also, he kind of reminds me of uh, Matt's number two to Odell over there, Sterling Shepard, kind of similar games, just really crafty route runners, good receivers. And I, I do like Ridley a lot. I think he might fall to the second round because a lot of teams have these concerns, but I wouldn't shy away. I think he can play day one and really help the team. Yeah, I think Calvin Ridley is interesting. Um, he, to me, I just, I don't know. I think he just, you know, puts it together during the game. So for me, I don't have a problem with that. Like you said, Andy, his route running is awesome. Um, he is, spoiler alert, he's my, he's still my number one. Um, and I know that's a definitely uh, unpopular opinion now just based off his combine, but uh, the I, reason. I a lot of people still have yeah, one. So. I think, and I think it, it's really one of those things that, and the reason for that, why I have Sutton at two, and here's my number two receiver, um, it, Cortland Sutton, is because I think his his floor could be scary, kind of like a Laquan Treadwell, you know, like that bigger receiver who no just arguments for me definitely. I'll I'll get to that too. I think his floor is bad. Yeah, I think his floor is could be really bad. Um, I think his ceiling could be obviously very very good, uh, like an Alshon Jeffrey type of player. Obviously, because of his size, you know, talking about a red zone threat um, and his level of competition, you know, again, yeah, it's a big one, D1, A school, but still SMU isn't really playing those topper end, you know, talent guys. And, um, you know, his route running is okay. Um, his speed, he performed very well at the combine. He was faster, obviously, than most thought for a bigger guy. Um, you know, he definitely could high point the ball. I, I like him. I think in this class, you have a lot of media a lot of media mediocrity that could in turn to end up being very good talent um and you know like you guys said there's you know anthony millers deshaun hamilton's from penn state too that you could get later on that could be honestly just as good as a dj moore or michael gallup too um and there's a very fine line there so uh for me number two um Cortland sutton sutton from smu it's close um but i think that you can't really beat the production at Alabama. Uh, and they churn out some pretty damn good receivers. Like you said, Andy Crabtree and um, there's a good talent that, you know, evaluation for, for Ridley. But um, I just like his route running even, you know, they had Amari Cooper years ago. So um, I just think you can't really pass up on him for, for number one. So I guess that's also my two and one. I did two and one shot. There you go. Beautiful. Hey, go ahead, All right. Kenny. All right. So my number two is actually uh, Christian Kirk. I think that he's gonna he can be out of the slot just beyond shifty. He's ridiculous, like he's quick, he's fast, and I heard he actually interviewed really well uh, at the combine. Which I mean, obviously, it's it's a little different than a quarterback interviewing well a wide receiver, but it still is impressive to me, especially with some inconsistent quarterback play. And I know his the, last year he was facing double teams constantly, you know, so it was. It was kind of tough for them to get him the ball, and that's why I feel some teams might be down on him based off of his production last year. But I still think he's he's going to be a, a really special talent in the NFL. Uh, and now this isn't me, but I've I've heard that some a nickname that he's actually gotten from some of the scouts is uh, Baby Beckham. Going to you, Matt. You know, that's that's ridiculous. It's a little. It's crazy. It's I'm not saying that. Doesn't but, have the explosion. Nah. What was that? Doesn't have the explosion of Beckham. Can't even sniff that. I, I I agree. I'm just if you saying. You want to say like a what, Jarvis Landry in college? That's much better. Yeah, that's it's not my. Yeah, no. I'm I'm simply saying what other people Others, have yeah. said. I don't agree, but that I understand the 
the wow yeah. faction of, uh, factor of seeing his upside. And well, if you look at like A and M receivers, besides Mike Evans, really, who have they had in a very you know again spread pass heavy offense? Right. You know, I mean, they really haven't had many guys come out of there. You know, Christian Kirk when he first stepped on the scene was like, okay, Christian Kirk, top recruit in high school. He does he you know performed right. really well. So. It's not like they have a track record again, like a uh, Calvin Ridley, where you know they're t- they're bringing out some good receivers. Uh, no, I I agree, know. but it's also you also have to remember, like he's last like last year facing double teams, the year before the quarterback play. Like obviously, it's still a spread offense, but like I don't know. At some point, the quarterback obviously matters. Yeah. You know, so you can have a spread offense, but no, but like if you have some a running back or some guy who can't hit the broadside of a barn throwing. It, that you know, doesn't really matter. Yeah, he never really had much quarterback help. Exactly. You know? So that's kind of, for me, I, I see the upside in him. The, sure. the top three to me have the upside, and that's what kind of draws me to them, and the ranking is flip-floppy kind of. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another thing just to note, obviously, like receivers, this draft is like, they're just all clumped together. Like, you guys yeah. love Kirk, and just because I don't have him top five, like he's like seventh for me. They're all so close. Yeah. I, and I was talking to Matt, actually, before we jumped on, and – I have guys from like I gave whatever we're giving top five. Maybe we had a, a sixth because we did a a tie at fifth at five. But like there were, I'm, I was debating right up until we went here. What with oh, like yeah. the guy seven, eight, nine that could have easily been top five. It's just a matter of preference, really. Yeah, I think, and also Andy, sorry, real quick before you go, but another guy I want to touch on that's a sleeper for me. Well, Again, we'll sleepers. After. All right, sleeper. After. Let's go right. one. I, we we know you already got it, but All we're right. gonna go. Okay, go ahead. So, yeah, my number one uh, here, <laughs> he's been number one for me for a while. You can ask Ken. I was before the combine explosion train. I did. I love Cortland Sutton, uh, number one receiver. The biggest reason he's number one for me is he's the only receiver in the class, I think, that can be a true alpha X receiver. Alshon Jeffrey, Demarius Thomas type guy, just he's insane on the screen game after the catch for a guy his size. And like Matt said, the biggest knock on him, obviously, is just his floor is dangerous because – He's not a refined route runner. That's something you got to bet on that he improves on. But I just think at the next level, he can be a number one receiver where the rest of these receivers really don't have the skill set to be. So him versus Ridley is a tough one because Ridley is so much safer. So if you're a team like Dallas and Dak needs all the help he can get, I probably wouldn't go for a project like Sutton. I'd probably go for Ridley. So it depends on the team. Yeah, I think – and also, too, with that, like Dallas. I mean, they added Hearns as well. And I forgot about that, yeah. You know, yeah. you grab a guy like, but if you grab a guy like uh, Cortland Sutton or even Calvin Ridley, I mean, that's a pretty good, pretty damn good three guys coming into the year. Um, yeah, turns Williams off the field. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Right. So yeah. So so for you. Yeah, and I'm actually I'm I have Sutton as well at number one, and I, I you can on the flip side, unlike Andy, I wasn't high on I wasn't this high on him before the combine, but just seeing how he measured up to. You know, like he he wowed me when I saw what he did at the combine, and that really kind of just solidified his n- number one ranking for me, especially with my worries about Ridley, where I was able to, like I said, they're all so close, it's so tough for me to to really distinguish. But I think he has the ability, like Andy said, he can be that true number one receiver. Alshon Jeffrey just seems like just too easy of a comp. Like that's it's yeah. too, it's literally like every everyone's comping him to Alshon, so it's why why stray from it you know yeah. if i just i agree and i think he has the ability to just he can kind of take over a game i feel like at times where he, he can just body guys because yeah. he's big and i also the ability to what do you run like a four five 
something yeah. 40. Like I didn't think he was going to be that fast. So that, that really just kind of put it over the top for me. Yeah. For me, I think his combine, it really helped him the most just because Absolutely. you had those concerns like, Oh, if he runs slow, you know, you have, well, you're going to, it's going to drop. That was yeah. exactly my worry. I thought he was going to be slow. And I was like, this is going to be big. right. Yeah. But he, he, he really, he, he wowed me and I was, you know what? He did enough for me to to bump him up. So because yeah, if he runs in like the four sixes, then it, you start it, losing. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, so a guy I wanted to talk about who we'll each had a, had a sleeper. Yeah, sleeper for me. Uh, again, really could be close with a lot of these guys, Andy. Like you said, they're kind of in clumps at this point. But a guy who had got a little bit of a, a you know rise coming through the past couple weeks He's died off a little bit, but I think I could see it. <clears throat> excuse me, picking up uh, when the draft gets closer. Uh, LSU's DJ Chark, um, you know, he, he's a guy who performed really, really well at the senior bowl, um, really fast. Um, they like his size and, and his, his speed of course is a good combo together. So I could see his game translating very well. And a guy who, uh, who could be a sleeper outside of this top five or for me, top 30, uh, that I just ranked off. So, um, <laughs> no, but I, I think, uh, DJ Chark is a guy who, um, Definitely someone to to look out for, um, and I like Anthony Miller too. He's he's there uh, for me, um, but I think the concern is obviously the Memphis uh, competition yeah. is, is, and he's not that dominant, like you said with Cortland Sutton. I know they play in the same conference, the American. Um, so uh, there again, there's a lot of guys that I can mention. I mentioned uh, Deshaun Hamilton, who's kind of came up through the ranks the past couple of weeks too. Got a got a hot name right now too. So, uh, but he's my sleeper. Yeah, just uh, you touched on it, obviously with. Um, Deshaun Hamilton. I just think I think he's a starting slot receiver. That's not a great endorsement, but he just he's very refined. Uh, has a great mental makeup, polished game. He can come in day one and impact. He's similar to Cooper Cup. I think like not a lot of upside, but rookie impact, and that's what you kind of need sometimes. And then for one deep sleeper, I hope I'm saying his name right. Doris Fountain out of yeah. Where the hell did he play? I, I'm brain fighting. He played North Dakota State in the game and scored like two touchdowns and. His athleticism profile. Northern out. Iowa, is that it? Northern Iowa, yep. Northern yeah. Iowa. David Johnson recently came out of there, so who knows? He's a freak athlete. And the two games I watched online, I was impressed. I have no idea where he's projected. I'm assuming like the fourth, fifth round, but another receiver to keep an eye on. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, I I have uh, two guys, one main guy, but two just kind of same offense, so I'm, I'm really high on both of them. And then just a question for you guys of a, a guy that's kind of been climbing the ranks that mm -hmm. none of us kind of touched on, but I think is going to be an interesting uh, prospect. So my, my two guys are actually the Texas Tech duo of Kiki, I'm going to mess, Kuti, Kuti, however mm -hmm. you say it, and uh, Cantrell. And I'm Kiki is, I mean, this guy is, he's quick as can be, and his route running is actually very refined, which to me was, I thought he was, when I went into the game watching it, I thought he was just going to be like this fast guy in the spread offense and he was going to get the ball and just take off. But I watched some of his routes and his his ability near the sideline, even though I know he's more he's going to be that slot receiver guy, but his ability just, I don't know, he, he was did a lot for me to kind of open my eyes to be more than just a middle of the road kind of slot receiver. He's fast. Maybe he'll get a lot of, if he gets opening, he'll be able to do something. So he really impressed me, and I mean, we saw what uh, Cantrell did at the the combine. Where that was another thing that I had watched him. I said, "Wow, this guy looks like a an athlete. I think he's he can be a really good player at the next level." 
he's obviously not going to get drafted high, but I think he has the ability to kind of make a difference once he steps onto the field. And then once I saw him at the combine, I mean, the guy was putting up numbers that I really didn't see him even coming close to. So I was extremely impressed by him. And then kind of just the question for you guys, I know Matt, you're a big uh, Notre Dame guy, mm. Equinemius St. Brown, mm-hmm. and he has that 6'5", 214 yeah. frame where that's got to be attractive. I mean, he he's fast. He, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else we can kind of build yeah. off of that. There's so much there, but obviously the production wasn't necessarily where a lot of people wanted. I mean, that offense wasn't. That was run, 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 run. But right. I'm curious what you guys think of him as a prospect because he it seems like he has all the measurables, but none of us really liked him top five. Yeah. So I think with uh Equinemia St. Brown, like, you know, he's a guy coming out of high school who was really, really highly touted as a recruit. His brother is actually even better. Um he's going to USC, I believe, to his brother. But um you know, St. Brown is a guy who comes from Notre Dame. I watch a lot of Notre Dame. You know, when you have an offense that is kinda you, know, you have a quarterback who is mostly a dual threat at times, really heavy in the run game. Josh Adams was obviously up for a yep. Heisman conversation with that offensive line. Um, they're built to obviously run the ball. But I like St. Brown. And, you know, when you talk about bigger receivers, you know, the biggest question is are they fast? Because if they're not fast, you right. know, then they're just going to be a slow outside guy. Yeah. I think St. Brown, and that's the thing, St. Brown, you know, you talk about a lot of these bigger guys who can now go in the slot. Um, they're putting guys, you know, in the slot now who are bigger, who can run. Uh, I think that's where he can do his damage. I like his route running and yep. um, his body control is really impressive for me. Um, so for me, I, I like St. Brown. Uh, maybe it's just a biased opinion because I watched a lot of Notre Dame, but I think uh, he could have a big impact um, on the game and, you know, put him opposite like a Mike Evans in Tampa. Again, you know, two big guys on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like St. Brown a lot. So for me, you know, I could see him in the third round, fourth round guy. Um, and I think he's one of those guys that if you miss on him, it's not going to be that big of a deal, but I think he could have a big impact. Yeah, it's definitely uh, reasonable. I can definitely – I think on the NFL is going to value him higher than we do. He'll get that's, drafted that, higher. That, yeah, that's what I was saying Where because I've seen him go high in a lot of a lot of mocks and just rankings, so I was curious what, where, where, you, where you guys – How about the Jaguars that? for him? Because the Jaguars have no receivers at this point. They got Marquis Lee. They got uh, Moncrief. Like Justin Blackman. That's about it. They're becoming the Ravens. They still got Blackman, right? Yeah, I think they uh, still yeah. they still have his rights. <laughs> I'm, all right, but uh, yeah, just as a Patriots fan, I don't know. I've grown up with all these. I've seen receivers come through our system that just fail, and these big receivers who don't produce at the college level are just they're a scary profile, you know. Aaron, Aaron Dobson out of Marshall, second round pick, did nothing for us. I to be a big receiver, you got to dominate. Like at least Colin Sutton may have not dominated, like. You know, all those big receivers, dude, Damaris Thomas, Lou Jones, you go down the list, but you need to produce at that size because I promise you at the next level, these guys with the size, they can't separate. And I'm just not sold on his game, but who knows? He could be a good value for somebody. Yeah, that's what I, I just saw. I mean, his measurables are there. So it's just to, a matter of, to me, like obviously preference. And yeah, I, it, it's tough. I'm, I'm the same way as you are, Andy, where like his production was just not where it needed to be for me to rank him high or really be able to trust him with any sort of a high draft pick where there are other receivers who are much more just there. You're sure of what you're getting in them. So they're safer and probably have maybe not the same upside, but at least comparable upside. So 
I think that's why he might fall a little bit. But like Andy said, the NFL definitely values him higher than we do. Sure. So, so then uh, heading, heading to our mocks, I say, well, we're going to do mocks for each the Pats, Giants, Jets. We're going to talk about ours. I say, I say we each do a round like, you know, I've been going around. So like, we'll start with round one, then round two. Sure. Yeah, that's sure. Fine. So who wants to go first, anyone? Uh, you want to go in order of our first Probably round back. picks? Sure, yeah, we just can't forget. But we'll just go Giants, yeah. Jets. Giants, Jets, Pats for each round. Sure. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. All right. Dun, 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 dun. All right. Um, Giants are now on the clock. Yeah, with the second pick in the draft, uh, the New York Giants are going to select here. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Saquon Barkley. I think he's the safest bet. Um, pretty happy about it. Uh, I'll take it. Thank God. Um, uh, that would be uh anti Matt uh war Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> just social media bonanza post. Um, you know, finally get a good running back. I think you know, you talk about the running back position, you talk about guys, oh, he can only make an impact for four or five years. You know what? That's what you have his contract for anyway. If he doesn't do anything after that, then at least you had him for his his first rookie contract. Um, I think he, he can help elevate that offense. Uh, Pat Shermer's offense is one that relies on the running back being able to catch the football. Um, you'll get the Philly system over the years, Brian Westbrook. Um, you look at even Dalvin Cook and you know, with the Vikings last year, a lot of different guys, um, you know, in that offensive system, um, you know, to succeed, they have to catch the ball. He can block. He's a big body. I think he's arguably – one of the best talents in the draft, if not the best talent in the draft. Um, we've talked about it on our last show. One of the best talents to come out in a long time. I think uh, the Giants have done enough to show that they're in a win-now mode. Um, they kept Eli. They didn't trade Odell. They brought in guys like Alec Oltree, Nate Solder. Uh, I think it's a safe pick here, um, and I think it's kind of a no-brainer. Um, so, yeah, Saquon Barkley, two so, overall. So I'm going to pause for a second. And ask you a question: What happens if Darnold doesn't go one? Yeah, if Darnold doesn't go one, um, it's a good question, man. I think uh, I think he has to be in the conversation for them at that point. You know, I think he's a guy who can sit for two years and have no problem doing so. I think there's a lot. If 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 anyone, if it's not if if Darnold doesn't go one, the only guy I don't want the Giants picking is Josh Allen. And other than that, I'd be okay with anyone at that point. Okay. Uh, I really think when it comes down to it, I'm like 95% sure, honestly, that they're going to end up trading out of the spot uh, with Buffalo. And I think Buffalo is going to end up giving them a lot. And I think that's the only way the Giants trade out. And I'm talking about like their next 37 years picks. I mean, we're talking like a Ricky Williams type trade because to move up from 12 to, you know, they're not like the Eagles where they moved up to like, you know, I think it was like a mid first round to then eight. And then they moved to four. I think they did like two trades, um, yeah, they progressed but, but they also, yeah. yeah, they did it to get, to get Wentz, of course. Um, you know, Buffalo kind of screwed themselves though. I think, you know, they let go of Tyrod Taylor, who is a pro bowl caliber guy. They brought in AJ McCarron. They struck out on Nate Peterman and they've kind of screwed themselves. So, um, you know, I could definitely see that. I think that's definitely an option, but I think if it is a trade, it's going to be, uh, a lot. So, um, would you, would you then anticipate if they trade with Buffalo? Yeah, trading back up into the top ten, or would you think they'd stay at twelve? I think they would. Uh, they would definitely. That's definitely in the in the cards. Um, Possibly to go after like uh, yeah, you know, like a um, a guy like a Quentin Nelson, exactly you know, a five or six. 
Um, you know, it's definitely something that I think that the draft starts with the Giants. Uh, not to be biased at all, I, I just really think that that sets it off, sets the tone, and, and what they do is gonna, especially if it's a trade scenario, it's gonna be uh, a big thing uh, for them. So that's that. Number two, so number three, kicking it off, New York Jets. New York Jets. Um, let's just keep this short and sweet. Josh Rosen, if he's still on the board, for the love of God, don't screw it up. Don't, don't, don't shoot for the, don't, just, just take Rosen. What if Darnold is there? What if they go, what if it's Allen, Barkley, and then you got a choice of Darnold or Rosen? That's a good question. Oh. Thanks. It just can't go wrong. Like, in that, my- that, that's my point. Kind of at that, that, like, I'm assuming Darnold's gone, but going off of that, I wouldn't be necessarily like I'd be okay with either one. Mm. Uh, Rosen, I think, has the better just pure passing ability, but I think Darnold checks more of the boxes of that leadership mentality. He can make, he can still make any throw. He's going to force a lot, but throwing the run, blah, blah. yeah, yeah, exactly. All the, all the things we've already talked about. Um, I, I'd probably go uh, Rosen. Because he is my number one, but that either way, I wouldn't be upset. You know, kind of like sure. you were saying, like if sure. they went Donald instead of Barkley, you wouldn't be upset. So I would be happy with either one of those, just as long as it isn't Baker Mayfield. Like if you take any of the the three quarterbacks, Allen, Donald, Rosen, I'm okay with it. Just stay on those three. You moved in the top three because those are the three guys. Just grab one of them. Don't screw it up, Pat. With the 23rd pick, the Patriots select Rashawn Evans, linebacker Alabama. The Pats' biggest issue probably in the Super Bowl, arguably, was the middle linebacker spot with Hightower out. And Landon Roberts just can't defend the run, can't defend the pass, can't has no athleticism. Gets, that sounds like a good good linebacker. Gets play action plays, just reads the wrong way, gets sucked out. You get the point. So <laughs> Rashawn Evans, I this is very close. It's almost a coin flip, him or Leighton Van Der Esch, but I just think Evans is more pro-ready. Uh, obviously the Alabama pedigree comes in better run defender. Uh, day one, his upside might not be super high, but I think he's like 10 to 12 year starter inside linebacker, CJ Mosley, Gerard Mayo, Mamie DeVille Bowman. He frees up high tower to rush the passer, play outside linebacker. He'd come in day one, maybe play 90% snaps for us. Candidate for rookie of the year. I just, I think he's a very safe pick and this is what the pass defense needs. Kind of some stability there at linebacker. I think for the Pats, another guy I was thinking of because um, the Giants got Nate Solder is at 23. I think he'd be there, to be honest with you, is Mike McGlinchey, uh from Notre Dame. I think I could definitely see him being a, a guy who, um, who who could be in play for them there as well. Um, I think that could be an underrated pick. I think and that's right in the wheelhouse of where he should go um, and where they could get him, um, especially with the offensive tackles being a little bit lighter in this class. Um, you probably would miss out on a Connor Williams in round two, or even if he goes round one, I think that that's, you know, it's two, he won't slide that far. Um, so I think maybe Mike McGlinchey there would be a good fit too. Um, as yeah, well. I wouldn't mind that. The Pats yeah. have some uh, names in their building that they do like. I know it, from an outside perspective, it's like, here they go, trying to start nobody's again. But I wouldn't be surprised if they do pass on tackle high. We'll see. Yeah. But I, do, I like McGunchy's game. He would start and he would provide help. So Yeah, and he's a similar type player to what they had in Solder. Um yeah, I think he's the most pro ready tackle. I I would I would be very content with that. Yeah. 
All right. And, uh, just before we go, I the Pats have another one. So yeah, yeah. Go ahead. We, we got, I got you, buddy. So yeah, with the thirty-first pick, Patriots select Lamar Jackson, quarterback, Louisville. Uh, I necessarily wouldn't make this pick, but the Pats, our GM, our GM's Belichick, but our GM and names Nick Casario. He went there. He's been scouting him. Lamar Jackson ran, runs our offense, the Earnhardt Perkins system. And I just think McDaniels, you look at Tebow, you look at the plays he installed with Brissett last two years ago when Brady was suspended. I think he wants this next-gen mobile quarterback. And while Lamar, I have him as a second-round guy, he's not ready. I think he's the perfect guy at just 21 years old to sit for a couple years, learn behind uh, Brady. And at the late first round, they lock up his fifth-year option. And we're going quarterback based on all these reports, so it's just a matter of when. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, Second-round pick. Uh, for the New York Giants, I think it is would be 34 overall. Um, Whatever. Yeah, 34 overall. I'm going to go with Isaiah Wynn from uh, University nice. of Georgia. Nice. Uh, I think he is the, one of the um, biggest technicians in the draft. Um, he, he reminds me a lot of Justin Pugh, who they drafted a few years about, uh, back. Kind of just does everything right. Good footwork, good hands, um, low center of gravity. He's a, you know, he's a mauler in the run game, very technically sound. Uh, like I've been saying, you know, he played tackle at Georgia, projects well at guard, so he could do both um, for the Giants if need be. Would come in right away, probably start for them at right guard. Uh, and obviously they need offensive line help where they can get it, and I think he would really um, round out their offensive line for for years to come and um, what they're trying to do building moving forward. So I have uh, Isaiah Wynn at nice. 34. So. The New York Jets do not have a second-round pick due to a yeah. massive trade-up. That's right. Uh, the Patriots select 43rd overall, Hayden Hurst, tight end, South Carolina. Yep, good pick. Uh, obviously, Gronk, I want to retire. I want to do WWE. I want to be The Rock. I want to be Sylvester Stallone. I want to be Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, we got it, dude. So they need to plan What's ahead. What's wrong with Leo? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Hayden Hurst, just a complete tight end. Uh, Louis Riddick, guy, opinion I value. He says he's the only tight end you really look at because he's an elite blocker. Can do a little of everything. I don't think it'll be a elite tight end at the next level, but I could see him as a Hunter Henry type, Cameron Brait. And he's all, he's been great in all the leadership stuff. He met with the Patriots twice. I think he's just a sound second-round tight end, and I'd be happy to have him. Yeah, I, I like I like him a lot. Uh, he's my favorite tight end, actually, in the draft. Uh, people will complain about his age. He's he's a little older, uh, baseball kid. But I think that's a bunch, that's a crock of shit. Because, again, yeah, again. Cup was 25. Like, I would love to have Cooper Cup on my team. Right, if you had, but again, you know, you could talk about a guy. Yeah, you could have, you could have Brandon Whedon. But again, like, what does that really matter? You have the guy four or five years. I mean, that's like the prime of his career, and then you just you know, don't give him a second contract. And if you do now, with the way contracts are going, you know, two, three years, his second deal, I really don't see a problem with that. And I think it's a stupid argument against the guy uh, moving forward. But I, I like Hayden Hurst a lot. So uh, on to round three, I guess. Right. Uh, one more second round. Oh, you guys have another second rounder. Okay. That's and he's like, listen, we finally have picks. Let me enjoy. Yeah, it. last last year, no picks. At least oh, now. So then, I uh, every year the Patriots make a surprising reach type pick. So at pick sixty three, the Patriots like PJ Hall, defensive tackle, edge rusher, Sam Houston State. This guy's risen a lot. He has great athleticism, insane production at a small school, and he's gone from like sixth round to like fourth. And the Pats have met with him privately at the school, and they've used one of the thirty visits at the Foxborough. Uh, site for him to come visit. So we're showing a ton of interest in this kid. I don't know a lot about him. I've watched a couple of games, but the Pats clearly like him a lot, and he definitely fits a need that 
hybrid 3-4 defensive end, defensive tackle type role that we definitely could uh, bolster some depth there. So that's the pick at 63. Okay. All right. Giants have 66 and 69. Nice. Um, so I'm going to say they go with James Daniels center from Iowa. Uh, they had Brett, they have Brett Jones who's coming in again as a restricted free agent, the Canadian football league guy who played very well at center replacing my guy, Weston Richburg for the giants. Uh, I think again, builds the offensive line for the future could come in right away, honestly, and play if need be. Iowa puts out some pretty damn good offensive linemen over the years. Um, you know, very run heavy, obviously pro style offense. Um, Daniels is a little shorter, um, but again, I don't. I think the Giants mind that considering Brett Jones is like looks like a Munchkin from Munchkin Land. Uh, he's like five foot one. Um, now he's like six six one six six foot, if that. Um, so James Daniels, I think again, you move Brett Jones to center uh, guard if you needed to and start him. So it depends on what they do, but uh, James Daniels and then sixty nine. I don't know how to say his first name, but I know his last name is uh, Nuosu from uh, USC. The edge rusher uh, fits fits the new three four edge rusher scheme for the Giants. Could put his hand in the dirt in a four three if they go multiple uh, look for James Betcher's off uh, defense. Excuse me. Uh, really high motor guy, really good. I, I liked him a lot. I watched his film quite a bit, and I think he would fit right in and just continue to uh, bring in the pass rushers for uh, Betcher. And Dave Gettleman loves his pass rushers, as we've seen over the years. So um, I'm going to go in Wosu from USC, 69 overall. So then we go Jets. Uh, we're finally back on the clock here. Hey, uh, at 72, you know. Especially if we take Rosen at three, Mr. Concussion Man, you're going to need to get some people to to protect him. We're obviously looking towards at least somewhat of the future. Uh, so that's why I, I'm going with Brian O'Neill. Mm, Pitt. Uh, tackle out of Pitt. Now, I think he's quick. He ran like a 4-9, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's, like, he's quick. He's more of like a zone scheme blocker. He lacks strength right now, but that's something that I think will come. Yeah. As he obviously is in the NFL, goes on a lot of these training programs, whatever, for in the next couple of years. So I, I really think that, that that'll be a pick that we would be then building with Rosen. And I think that you got to protect the guy that's every time he gets hit, he might, you know, stop playing football. So you really got to protect the guy. Uh, I think Brian O'Neill is going to be able to do that. Any Any sort of line help we can get. It starts with a quarterback and then goes to the offensive line from there. So that's why I like Brian O'Neill moving forward. Okay. Who's your next third rounder? You have two, right? No? Well, I don't think so. Oh, okay. There's right. a possibility. I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think so. I thought I we had so. four. Oh, okay. There you go. My bad. Early fourth round. So the Thanks, uh, uh, Pat's on the clock, 95th overall. Pat's like Fred Warner, linebacker out of BYU. Hmm. Uh, just going back, the Pats need athletes at linebacker. Didn't he draft Harvey Langley a couple of years ago? Come yeah, back. he's undrafted. He's got a Carrick. Hopefully he's better. God help him. But, uh, yeah, Fred Warner, just very athletic linebacker, can cover tight ends, running backs out of the backfield. Come in on third downs. He's not really a complete linebacker his game. He's undersized. But in the late third round, we need to bolster our athletes at that position. Okay. All right. Uh, I have the Giants at 108. Um, in the fourth round, taking Alex Kappa from Humboldt State, offensive tackle. 
uh, for me, you know, digging into the uh, the prospect pool here, Division One Double A guy, um, one of the nastiest offensive linemen I've actually ever studied on tape. He's really Nasty. really good. Um, he works out with the Charles Bentley, who, if anyone knows anything about the offensive line, knows that he puts out some pretty damn good prospects himself. Um, and, and you know, he works with a lot of those guys um, like Kyle Long and uh, Weston Richburg and um, Alex Boone, guys like that. So, um, you know, he's shown that he can play. Um, I think he could come in and play right tackle for the Giants. Um, maybe not within a year, but within two years, I think he could be a starter for them. And, again, continuing to build that offensive line. Uh, if they do this trend, uh, they'll be set on the right side and the left side of their line, probably moving on from Eric Flowers. Thank the Lord, if not this year, next year. Uh, and I think Kappa could um, could come in and, again, play. Very athletic, very strong finish as well. Uh, if his game could translate to the NFL, which of course sounds very cliche, but uh, if he can do that at the higher level against better competition, which he did at the Senior Bowl, that's the goal. Um, you know, I think he could come in and then be a big, uh, big starter for them uh, moving forward. All right, so then 107, actually a pick before the Giants. Oh, sorry, I no, no, we were going that order. It's okay, fine. Right. I'm just, I like to express that it's one ahead. Um, now I'm hoping that, I mean, we need linebacker help. Early round four, I'm hoping a team in the third round doesn't. I mean, for his sake, I hope a team goes for him in the third, but I'm hoping he falls to four, a guy I've been in love with for a year now, uh, Shaquem Griffin. Uh, I I think there's a ch- I think he can fall that far just because I think there's going to be hesitation from a lot of a lot of teams when the actual draft day comes, mm-hmm. and I think he's a difference maker. I mean, you, he can play a handful of positions. You can kind of move him around a lot no pun on the field. Okay. But you can move him around a lot on the field. Uh, I'm glad cool. you can do that. What was that? I'm glad you can move him around a lot. I don't know. Sorry. In a handful of positions. That's why I made the joke. Oh, handful. I didn't even go know what the – This guy's what? trying to get Shaquem Griffin in the early fourth. I just want my audience to know. He's like a late first-round talent. He's missing a hand, so – of course, the Jets guys is trying to like, oh, we can sneak him in here. Yeah, he's getting invited to the draft. This man's getting drafted late second, early third. It's going to be a hell of a moment for him, the TV ratings. It just letting you know this Jets guy is trying to sneak in a value. I mean, I hope so, but I've seen mock behind the Jets. At oh, yeah. I'm just being a jerk. It's late at night. I'm, you know, I'm the Patriots guy. Sorry. You, yeah, you're the Patriots guy. You know, I don't chirp you too much about your takes, but, you know, it's all good. It's, it's fine. Uh, you're tired. It's 11 o'clock. You know, sleepy over there. It's all right. But, yeah, Shaquem Griffin, I think, obviously, I love him closing speed. Blah, 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 one hand. We get it. All right, Andy, you go. Uh, no, I, I'm not expecting the sixth round here. All right, so you don't get to go. Ha, ha, you lose. Mets, so I sir. get to go. Uh, and people forget that there is a third element of football called special teams, which the Giants are lacking quite a bit of. Uh, and I'm going to go punter Michael Dixon from Texas in the fourth round. Uh, arguably one of the best punters to come out in a long time. Um, I think honestly, that's right where he goes fourth round. Um, best punter again in a long time. I think the Giants struggled with that. Uh, it was a big issue for them, especially with their offense struggling as it did and their defense also struggling as it did. So field position killed them a lot of times. Um, and that's a part of the game that is very undervalued and overlooked. Um, so Michael Dixon for me is, would be, you know, a guy who'd come in. I think he could play for the Giants for the next eight, ten years, I'm not even kidding, um, and, and put them back in uh, into good consideration on special teams. Thank God. 
So hopefully he's the pick there. All right. So so we're going to go Jets here at pick 157. A guy, I don't know if some people haven't heard of him. I know Andy hasn't or hadn't or whatever the deal may be. We have Trey Johnson out of Villanova, cornerback. Mm. FCS guy. You know, yeah. you know my infatuation with those guys, not really. Uh, but it's going to be obviously a big leap for him. He's five foot eleven, but one of the most impressive things last year had fifteen pass breakups, and I mean the Jets really can get any help that they can. They'll take any help they can at cornerback. I mean, I'm tired of just seeing time after time. Oh look, up, up, you know he, they're throwing it first down. So we got the safeties now. We need to go with the cornerbacks, and I think this this kid is. I mean. It's, we're kind of hoping for a lightning in a bottle here. You know, this FCS guy, hopefully he can make an impact right away, step in, maybe a little chip on his shoulder playing FCS. Who knows? Uh, I, I mean, I think the guy has a chance to be able to step in day one and be able to play on the Jets team, whatever it's in nickel or whatever, whatever, whenever they might need him. You know, I think he's small. I get that. But I think he's going to have the ability to uh, – to at least play for them, and we need a cornerback. So I'll take a, the shot on the uh, on the FCS guy. Okay. All right. Who's up next? I have a pick at 198. You don't get a pick again. Wow. Move on. You okay. have the early picks, not the late picks. It's fine. All right. So that would be me at, I think, what is it? One, yeah, 139. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, UCF receiver Traquan Smith. I like that. Um, he's kind of a riser on the draft boards. Um, was there – I was actually very impressed with their uh, with his combine. Um, did a lot for them at UCF. Obviously, was their number one receiver. Um, I like what he does, and I think he's a good value there at that point. You know, again, you talk about clumps um, at the receiver position, but a lot of the guys we talked about earlier in the podcast um, will probably be gone. So you got to get a value guy. Um, production was there at UCF, and uh, I like his game. So I'm going to go Traycon Smith, UCF. All right. All right. Uh, so then we we'll have the Jets here at pick 179. Going to go receiver. We do need a receiver. Uh, I kind of touched on it earlier. This guy, I've, I've always, I've been a fan of his for a while now. Like I said, uh, out of Texas Tech, Dylan Cantrell. Uh, I kind of spoke to what he was earlier, so I, I don't want to go too much in detail. But Chad Hansen, the only other white receiver on the Jets. I mean, so, yeah, that didn't to- work out. So let's hope this one does. But pretty much, uh, we've had a lot of struggles with some, our receivers and quarterbacks, and I don't know Everything. anything that isn't a safe. The, the win column. The win column. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we were better than the Giants, so uh, kind of tough. But it's okay. It's okay, it's Matt. Right. We're we're there. moving on. But yeah, uh, we need a receiver, and I think he's he can be a guy that Rosen kind of falls in love with, and third down shifty guy fast i think he's going to make a difference and we'll be able to day one he's going to step in i think him and rosen might get a a good connection coming in together so i'm hoping that hoping for that in a late round pick okay so uh at 198 uh pages take justin jackson running back northwestern i uh, can come into camp compete for a job he's a satellite back you know all those receiving backs i love his agility and It'll be tough for him to make the roster, but in the sixth, seventh round, you just go for die throws, talent, and I like the kids' game. Now, do you qu- question? I I might be wrong. Do you still do you have pick one seventy six? No. That I, according to Nesson, I do not. No, but, I think that's the part of the Brandon Cooks deal. 
Yeah, we, we was the seventh round. Sixth. So oh, we, got, sixth. we got back once. Nesson's lying to me. Wow. I don't. I don't know. I'm just seeing. All you know what? See, this is the great thing about our show, everyone. Like, it's just a gong show right now. I, I take Justin Jackson wherever that sixth round pick is. He deserves a shot. <laughs> yeah, I'm. On, I'm on Walter football. Just as a. You could take Josh Jackson, maybe. <laughs> Basketball player. Yeah, or corner, or that at, one at two ten in the sixth round. Pats like Joe Osman, edge rusher, Central Michigan, highly productive player, might have led the country in sacks. Just you know, t- Gruden grinder. He's kind of you know not a great athlete, but I mean, are, are those, are those going a thing Oakland. anymore? He's going to Oakland. He's, this is exactly. Don't get a Gruden grinder, man. We got to find a new name. So yeah, he comes competes the camp, and that's my sixth round. Anyone up? Uh, we're done. The Giants are done. So. Uh, the Jets have a seventh round pick. I honestly, I'm losing count of where wherever okay. it is. The Pats select Russell Gage, receiver uh, LSU. I guess I don't get to go. <laughs> we have a seventh no, round. I pick. read on Twitter that this kid loves special teams, loves hitting people. He's a corner receiver. They call him Troy Brown. Welcome to camp, kid. To Man, imagine if we incorporated alcohol into this podcast. Imagine. So, being that Andy jumped the gun and we didn't really listen to him, I'll I'll take my turn here. I, I don't even know if this guy's going to be around. Here we seventh, go. Seventh, no, no, listen. Well, I, I want Luke Falk to compete with Rosen. Like, what's no, 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 no. Just but got an alert. Andy is no longer coming to the draft. Sources <laughs> confirmed. See this you later. It. No, it's it's a receiver. And uh, you know what? You just tell me that he's not there because you're probably right. I haven't found him in the top six rounds in well, a handful of the mocks I've looked at. Is the kid out of USF, Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Sure, I think he'll go like a little higher than that, but you've been spooning value all day, so why not? I mean, I've been picking guys that have been mocked later, so just a uh, Brian O'Neill third round. Yeah, we'll see. I I'm mean, he, was, I, he actually was mocked to us. Sorry. Oh man, he just likes to cut everything. I'm sorry. I'm I'm trying to do research and finding guys later than us. It's okay. I don't want to jump the gun. It's fine. The scouting guy, department over I, here. Is I have no way. idea what's going on with this guy. I, I like him. Will he be there? Probably not. Other teams are probably going to like him. I didn't see him in, a, in the six rounds that I looked at on two things. Whatever. Fine. Not there. Have your fun. All right. So those are our, our official Mark 1.0s. We'll do Mark 2.0 right before the draft. Maybe switch it up a little bit. I probably won't because I'll just get. I'll just be told I'm wrong. <laughs> Why is why is the Jets man? So, I was kidding. Shaquem Griffin fourth round man. Yeah, yeah, okay. This is where the personal issues get part of the podcast, and we will discuss that next week on the show. Pats, that about Jets, wraps whatever. Brady, take out his knee. Shaquem Griffin, please dive at it. This yeah. is. Can you believe this is on record? This it's is, fine. People are going to listen to this. Gronk will retire. It's the Jets' turn. We have Hayden Hurst, PJ Hall rushing the pass. You got Lamar Jackson the next. I drafted a goddamn punter in the fourth round. <laughs> to the be pa- fair, Rosen will get hit game one. He'll be out. He'll retire. So we'll be back to square yeah, one. Yeah, quick thing on that. I was considering punter, but the Pats lost the Super Bowl and they didn't punt, so I'm not sure we quite need that. Yeah, they also didn't play their best defensive player, so that's a that was a take. Um, anyway, great, great podcast. Like chemistry, entertainment. This is a good one. Just a quick question: Does Cook still think he's on the Patriots, or from that hit in the Super Bowl, or is he just? I don't know what he thinks he's doing. He may request another trade. A lot of odds. Number one, Patriots plus 600. Giants, net 40. The Jets are higher ranked to win the NBA Finals than the NFL. Against the Warriors? Hot takes exposed. I don't think they get it it done. Wow. Um, I mean, 
Yeah, we really don't have that talent, do we? No. NBA? Oh, that's tough. I think it is 11-11 at night. I'm making a wish. Make a this, wish, this man. This podcast ends now. <laughs> it's spiraling out of control. So for that. Can, can you wait for draft night? I don't think so. Uh, and by 11-11 on draft night, I may have jumped off the Brooklyn Bridge and or climbed uh, the Empire State Building. So we can only hope, right? Um, all right. So for another night, episode. Everybody. Episode number four, Adios Amigos.